0: Are
1: we live? We are officially live and streaming. All
0: right.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Neela. Well, good morning. I'd like to call the TJPA Board of Directors meeting of June 9th, 2022 to order. I'm Jeff G, the board chair. This board meeting is being conducted pursuant to provisions of the Brown Act and in compliance with the California State Assembly Bill AB 361 to facilitate teleconferencing to reduce the risk of COVID-19 transmission at public meetings. Ordinarily, the Brown Act sets strict rules for teleconferencing. AB 361 has suspended those rules. This meeting is being held during a proclaimed state of emergency and state and local officials have imposed or recommended measures to promote social distancing. As noted on the agenda, members of the public may observe the teleconference meeting via TV and they may offer public comment by calling the published public comment phone number. I'd like to welcome the members of the public and staff who are watching us live on SFGov TV. And I'd like to thank the SFGov TV staff for their support and services. And I'm secretary, please call the roll.
0: All right, prior to calling a rule, I'd like to note that uh, Director Ambule is expected and will be sitting in for uh, Director L. Tawansi and uh, Directors uh, Borden and Chang are sitting in for uh, Director Tumlin and Director John Baptiste, respectively. So, with that, um, Director Borden. Present. Borden present. Director Chang. Present. Chang present. Uh, Director Lipkin. Present. Lipkin present. Director Shaw. Present. 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 And Chair G. Present. Chair G. Present as well. Um, uh, Chair G., you, you do have a quorum. Thank you. Go ahead and call to your next item. Please. All right. Uh, directors, item three is communications. And we'd like to remind the public that the public comment process is listed on the agenda and streaming on the screen. Uh, directors, I'm not aware of any other communications. Seeing none, shall I call you next item?
1: Yes, please.
0: Oh, and I'll note that uh, Director Forbes is present. Hi, Director Forbes.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Uh, uh, Director's item four is Board of Directors new and or old business. I'm not aware of any.
3: Uh, Actually,
4: I have a a small bit of uh, business, and I I promise I won't be doing this uh, at every board meeting, but last month I had uh, the opportunity to mentioned to this board that our our uh, high-speed rail board, uh, board of directors had approved our final environmental document uh, for the San Jose to Merced project section. And uh, this month, I have the pleasure to uh, let the board know that tomorrow we will be publishing the final environmental document uh, for the San Francisco to San Jose project section and ultimately looking to bring that uh, to our board of directors at their August meeting. Uh, so. Uh, this would complete, uh, assuming approval, of course, not getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, that would complete the environmental clearance uh, for high-speed rail in Northern California and uh, the connection to get to uh, the downtown extension project and ultimately SDC. Uh, so uh, I don't think we'll have milestones like this to share every every meeting, but I, I did want to make sure that the board was aware of uh, what's coming tomorrow.
1: Director Lipkin, thank you and congratulations to the team and high-speed rail and um, Unfortunately, with CEQA, you can't give an update like that every month. It takes too long. (laughs) But very good. Thank you for sharing that information. Any other other directors? If not, we can continue. All right.
0: I'll go ahead and proceed. Uh, Directors, item five is the executive director's
5: report. Uh, good morning directors and welcome Director Altwansi I see he's just joined us. Uh, I wanted to start off today with some exciting news and offer our collective congratulations to Rodney Harris and Ali Talave who, on our security team uh, who both got married since our last board meeting. Um, so a little bit of excitement and growth here. Uh, we are underway with our facility director recruitment and have received over 30 new applications. Uh, the recruiter is vetting the candidates And we'll be coordinating preliminary interviews with the qualified candidates, uh, which we hope to get started in the next couple of weeks. Uh, While we uh, await the arrival of our new facility director today, we will have Rich Piette, the general manager at Lincoln Property Company, uh, our asset manager, providing the facilities update. Uh, Some of you may remember him when he filled this role for the first half of 2020. We've had a lot of activities at the center, over a dozen public programming offerings and several retail spaces completing their build-out. Uh, And Rich will give us an update on that uh, later in the agenda. Here at the center, uh, COVID-19 has continued to pause the return to work throughout the Bay Area. But we're starting to see new signs of life at the transit center, including the successful opening of Kaiser's brand new care essentials above Shaw Alley, which we've previously reported. uh, But also the addition of a new dentist to the on-site dental office across the hall here. uh, And then shows announcement of their new signature restaurant concept in the park uh, that was broadcast in the Chronicle and on the local news. Amtrak and AC Transit continue to negotiate the lease agreement to bring Amtrak service onto the bus deck, and we will keep you updated as we hear more on their progress. Uh, today's agenda, we have two lease amendments uh, to keep our retailers here viable at the center, one for Aqualina and one for fitness assessment agenda, and then we have two action items on your regular calendar. First, our final budget, which remains largely unchanged from the preliminary budget presented to you last month. And as well as our disadvantaged business enterprise program, uh, where we are required to establish and update our triennial targets. Um, And Oscar Quintinia, our budget and procurement manager, will be presenting that as part of item 10. As far as DTX, our team continues to advance the downtown rail extension project, and the integrated project management team is working hard to meet the technical tasks to be completed for the next big milestone to the FTA next February 2023. Last week, we had the pleasure of joining Build Out California, an organization bringing together the LGBTQ+, uh, and allied businesses and professionals, as they hosted their inaugural Founders Day. TJPA was recognized for our partnership when we conducted a small business enterprise outreach program, uh, the first of its kind to the LGBTQIA plus community. I witnessed through that effort that uh, resulted in the formation of Build Out California. On the federal side, we uh, continue to proactively pursue local match funding to ensure we have the critical funding to meet our $1.5 billion by August of 2023 when we plan to submit our full funding grant agreement to FDA. As you may recall, we we applied for a consolidated rail infrastructure and safety improvements or CRISI grant with the FRA last November. Uh, But unfortunately, we were not one of the five California awardees chosen. Uh, So we'll be scheduling a debrief with FRA on our application uh, to see how we can improve our uh, federal applications uh, going forward. As mentioned, we also submitted a mega grant application to the FTA, the Transit Administration's Project of Multimodal Project Discretionary Grants in late May. Um, And we hope we are successful in that request. We expect to hear... Uh, sometime around uh, the end of the year, likely in the October time frame. On the state level, we continue to monitor budget discussions as they pertain to the transportation package. The budget framework is expected on June 15th, with an estimated surplus of $97 billion. We are hopeful that DTX will be able to see an infusion of funds to help us advance the project. Uh, You may also recall we submitted a $600 million request to the state's cap and trade program called or the transit and Intercity rail capital program in early March and we expect to hear back uh, this month um, that they're e- either we'll add an augmentation cycle that, to that or take some of the surplus funds and put it into the current cycle um, which would allow them to fund more applications that they've already received such as ours. So we're looking forward to some positive news on that front. At the regional local level, um, the Metropolitan Transportation Commission is developing a major projects advancement policy or MAP that will replace resolution 3434 to prioritize major capital projects like DTX. DTX is on both those lists um, as a tier one priority, Um, but we are working with staff and the commission um, and the Bay Area Partnership of Transit Providers to ensure that uh, DTX is... uh, well positioned with their evaluation criteria and prioritization. uh, So we can advance this project during this critical phase of funding. We're also underway with the rebranding of DTX um, to provide it a name that better communicates the project's regional benefits and significance. Uh, We're working our way through our partners, community stakeholders, IPMT and ESC right now. uh, And we'll share the details of the new name with you at a future board meeting. Lastly, uh, you have your uh, the quarterly financial report for the fiscal year's third quarter in your packets, and our CFO, Franklin Wong, is available to answer any questions you may have. Uh, and that concludes uh, this month's report. I'm Happy to answer any questions you have before we uh, turn it over to uh, facility operations and RCAC. Adam, thank you. <clears throat> Directors, any questions for Adam?
1: Not seeing any hand raised. And we'll take public comment on the reports after all the reports were given. Thank
6: okay.
1: you. Not seeing any hands raised, so why don't we go on to our facility operations report?
7: Hi, good morning. This is this is Rich Piet. Uh, I appreciate giving being given the opportunity to talk today. And I'm sorry that with technology. I'm having to do it over my phone instead of over my computer. But um, I think there's a slide deck that's up, and I'm just going to walk through um, what's going on with that. Um, I, if we can get to the second slide, which says new park programs, um, we continue to have good new content with our partners BRV, who brings along um, good levels of participation from the from the public. Uh, and depending on the um, the weather, uh, we can get body counts of over 200. Per day, which is excellent. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, should be titled Macbeth over Memorial Day weekend. Um, on the on Memorial Day weekend, we had a very successful event. Uh, over 450 attendees came to watch this. Um, it was a terrific. Uh, it was a terrific performance. We got a lot of great feedback from everybody. Uh, our next slide should say Transit Center in the news. And as Adam mentioned earlier, um, a Show Group has disclosed their proposed design for their um, rooftop park. We're super excited. Um, that, that's gonna be a showpiece piece for us. Uh, and we use the word show, but that's gonna be a great uh, addition. Uh, and again, as Adam mentioned, it's uh, the news has hit the SF Chronicle and other media. So uh, very exciting. Next slide should say um, transit ridership we have seen some um, increase in ridership um, here. And it's, it's my understanding that AC Transit has been bringing uh, in longer buses or larger buses to accommodate more riders. And in fact, um, currently we have uh, the Moscone Center, there is a, a conference which has been bringing people into the area as well. Our next slide um, is like the, is the, the gap for retail leasing and then we'll have the opening schedule. You guys have seen this before. It's our ground floor um, uh, restaurants uh, with who's open and whatnot. We're gonna talk about a couple of them. Uh, the next slide should say Kaiser Care Essentials and you may recognize that person in the middle. Um, so Kaiser opened, um, this is their first time having Care Essentials. They opened uh, May 17th and a couple of days later, they had their um, grand opening and Chair G was here to help with the ribbon cutting. Uh, Kaiser is located on the uh, Second Street side of the property. And um, again, we're very excited. This is their first time that they're having this sort of clinic around. So um, that's great. Then we move to the next slide, should say Venga and Tycoon Kitchen approach opening. Um, Both of these restaurants are are, um, in the homestretch. We've got blade signage up. The Venga Empanadas will open Um, They're all done with construction and everything. We're just waiting for final sign-off. So it's right around the corner. And then our Thai food restaurant will be a little longer than that, um, but not by much. We're hoping uh, early uh, July. Next slide should say tenant improvement progress. Um, Two more restaurants are um, making progress. Per Diem, American uh, Bar and Grill. Uh, You can see the walls have been up. Uh, You can't see the bar, but the bar has also been framed in. And then Charlie's is the cheesesteak. Uh, and we've done all of our landlord work. So they are mobilizing to do their tenant build out. All the, ones, all the restaurants we just spoke about are on the mini side. Um, and so upcoming, we'll have things opening or or making progress on the Natoma side. And that's all I have. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak.
1: Rich, thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And Director Shaw, thank you for all the the work at AC transit if I saw that slide correctly it said 60% ridership so that's great that's a great number any questions on the facilities report from directors I'm not seeing any hands raised and and then Adam are we going to have a report on the quarterly financials or is this that in our packet for review
5: that's in your packet for review and our CFO Franklin Wong is available if anyone I would like to discuss
1: Any questions from directors on the quarterly financial reports? If not, are there any public comments on the executive director's reports?
0: I don't see any members of the public uh, that have indicated they wish to speak on the item. Jason, do you see anybody that I don't? Or moderator? Moderator Jason?
1: No. All right, thank you. Let's continue, Neela.
0: All right, great. We'll go ahead and move into your next item. Item six is uh, the CAC update. And uh, directors, we have CAC chair Brian Larkin, who will address you on the item. Good
8: morning. Um, I am Brian Larkin, chair of the TJPA CAC. And today I'm reporting on the CAC meeting that we had this past Tuesday, the 7th. Our agenda included staff reports by Lily Madras Wu, a facility operations update and information on the downtown rail extension project. The staff report updated the CAC on its progress in pursuing federal, state, and local funding sources. Committee members spoke in favor of another build-out outreach type event and asked about a recent pro-con article in the San Francisco Standard that covered the downtown rail extension. our next item was a presentation by, excuse me, Gene Long and an MTA planner. Ms. Long described muni service changes and its schedule for implementing them, especially as they pertain to the routes arriving at the transit center. Ms. Long patiently answered questions about those routes and other routes far afield from them. Uh, the questions were about, the, the committee questions were about routes 2, 21, 31, and the El Taraval. Uh, the last one was from me. Um, There was also a question about bringing back the 47 Van Ness route to the BRT, the new BRT guideway on Van Ness. The facility update was the first since Jan Norris retired last month, retired last month and was succinct, mercifully. Our committee member, one committee member spoke favorably of the design of the Kaiser care center, but said a way finding to it still needed some improvement. And finally, the DTX report This month was from Jesse Kohler of the Transportation Authority on the project delivery governance study and the various models that they, the TA, are looking at. The study team has already eliminated three of the options and the lone public commenter said that this seemed premature, especially of the single agency model, which had been proposed, was studied, but has already been eliminated. Other committee members commented that whatever method should include Lobbying for strong public, local support of the project and that the governance method should be simple and flexible. And in the interest of, flex, of simplicity and brevity, that concludes my report.
1: Brian, thank you for simplicity and you know, being simple and, and timely in your report. Really appreciate it. And again, thank you and the CAC for your time and service. Okay. Directors, any questions for Brian? Not seeing any hands raised, so Nayla, are we seeing any public comment? I'm not seeing any well, hands raised. So Brian, thank so. you very much. Appreciate your report. Have a great day. A
8: pleasure. See you all next month. You bet.
0: <clears throat> your next item, please. I'm unmuted. There were no members of the public over there, by the way. Um. So item seven is uh, an opportunity for members of the public to address the authority on matters that are not on today's calendar. And I'm not aware of any members of the public wishing to do so. Uh, I take that back. There is a hand raised at this time. We'll go ahead and let's call her in. Good morning. Uh,
9: Director Roland for Brian San Jose uh very briefly i want to bring to your attention that sf golf tv closed captioning is not working thank you this concludes my remarks
0: all right i don't see that there are any other members of the public wishing to comment on this item we'll go ahead and move into uh your consent calendar please All right, Uh, directors. um, The consent calendar uh, lists matters um, considered to be routine and will be acted upon by a single vote. Um, There will be no separate discussion of the items unless a member of the board or the public so requests. In the event, um, in which event, the uh, matter would be removed from the consent calendar and considered separately. Uh, Directors, I've not received any indication that a member of the board or the public wishes to have any items considered separately. We will um, give a minute or so to see if any members raise their hands or move approval we've got it first we've got no members okay. the... we've got a second with that directors i will go ahead and uh, call your consent calendar and then call the roll call vote item 8.1 is approving the minutes of the may 12 2022 meeting item 8.2 is approving the continued use of teleconferencing technologies For meetings of the legislative bodies of the TJPA pursuant to the provisions of Assembly Bill 361, item 8.3 is authorizing the executive director to execute an agreement with all West environmental to join an existing bench of contractors providing site survey, environmental site assessments and hazardous materials analysis for a five-year term with the option to extend the term for up to two additional years and an amount not to exceed 850,000. Item 8.4 is authorizing the executive director to execute a second amendment to the lease agreement with DAMA, uh, DBA Aquilina, uh, for uh, commercial retail space in suites 107 and 111 on the first floor of the transit center, consistent with the previously adopted retail commercial leasing strategy to address COVID 19 impacts to tenancies, and item 8.5, authorizing the executive director to execute a third amendment to lease agreement with Transbay Fitness for commercial retail space in suites 208 and 212 on the second floor of the transit center, also consistent with the previously adopted um, retail commercial leasing strategy. With that, with a first and a second, and still no members of the public wishing to comment on the items. Uh, Director Borden? Aye. Borden, aye. Director Chang? Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes?
2: Aye.
0: Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin?
2: Aye.
0: Lipkin, aye. Director Shaw? Aye. Shaw, aye. And Director G Yes. G I aye, as well. With that, the consent calendar is approved. Thank Director- you. Go ahead and call your next item. Please. All right, directors, item nine is approving the fiscal year 2022 2023 operating budget in the amount of 31769000 And fiscal year 22 uh, 23 capital budget for phase one, phase two, and tenant improvements in an amount of 116507000 And fiscal year 22 23 debt service budget in the amount of 28188043 And 430, there's a typo here. And um, um, uh, uh, Chief Financial Officer Franklin Wong will introduce uh, our Budget and uh, Procurement Director, Oscar Quintanilla to present.
10: Uh, Good morning, board members. So as Anita stated, this is an item to request uh, to the board for the adoption of uh, TJPA's fiscal year 2022 to 23 operating capital and debt service budgets which were presented by uh, my colleague uh, Oscar uh, Quintanilla uh, last month. So he's going to uh, present them to you today. Oscar? Thank you, Franklin, and good morning, directors.
11: So today I'm presenting to you the final proposed budget for fiscal year 2022 um, 2023 As a reminder, this is an action item. Next slide, please. Uh, this is... Um, A recap of our timeline, this is the final step in our annual budget process. Next slide, please. One more, thank you. As mentioned in May, the fiscal year 22 23 operating budget anticipates increased activity throughout the transit center. Um, As you heard from the earlier presentation, we're getting a lot more people at the park and also um, riding the buses, so that's, that's great. Um, AND WE'RE SEEING ACTIVE CONSTRUCTION ON SEVERAL TENANT SPACES WITH SEVERAL BUSINESSES ANTICIPATED TO OPEN TO THE PUBLIC IN THE COMING MONTHS. THE PROPOSED BUDGET HAS NO CHANGES FROM THE DRAFT BUDGET PRESENTED TO YOU IN MAY. AND IN RESPONSE TO bo- BOARD FEEDBACK, WE are also, we ALSO ADDED A FIVE-YEAR OPERATING BUDGET PROJECTION. THE MAIN TAKEAWAYS ARE THAT RETAIL leases AND ad- ADVERTISING REVENUE ARE SEEING SLOWER RAMP-UPS THAN WE HAD INITIALLY ANTICIPATED. Uh, but the extension of the additional arm to support uh, funding will explain a, an important role in mitigating that, that slower ramp up. Next slide. Again, um, as I mentioned, we're not proposing any changes to the draft budget. Next slide. Um, on a year over year basis, the operating revenue budget is increasing by $3.2 million. Uh, the the main driver of this increase is our one-time wayfinding request line item. Um, we have secured 300,000 from a grant from Prop AA, the local vehicle registration fee program. We're actively working to secure additional grant funds. I also want to highlight that the regional transit operator contribution is only increasing by 100,000. Next slide. This table breaks down the revenue by by source. I won't go much detail. Next slide. On the expenditure side, the overall increase is also 3.2 million. The main drivers of the increase are a 2 million increase in the wayfinding enhancements that is subject to funding availability and increases to our maintenance, territorial utility costs and uh, physical and security systems that we discussed last month. The next slide shows the itemized expenditure budget. One more slide. As discussed in May, the emergency reserve is funded at the board adopted level of 100,000, and the operating and maintenance reserve represents 19% of our variable operating budget. As um, most transportation agencies in the region, we continue to monitor the results of the regional measure three litigation, as it will have a significant impact on our budget. Next slide. And this is Snapshot of our five-year operating budget projection. Um, as I mentioned, the main takeaways are that um, with the slower ramp up in our leasing and advertising revenue, but the, also the extension of the regional measure to support, uh, we're able to mitigate the impact on, on the regional operators. Our, in, in the table below, you can see our, our projection of the o Reserve. Um, we we are closing the budget for our current year, so we will uh, revisit once we have a full accounting of our expenditures and revenues for the year. Next slide, please. So I'll briefly recap the proposed capital budgets. Uh, the combination of the three budgets adds up to 116 million 507 thousand, and funding comes from a combination of sources the 2020 tax allocation bond proceeds transit center district CFD funds and impact fee funds as well as proposition K sales um, sales tax transportation sales tax revenue and some anticipated but not yet secured federal state and regional sources that's that 26.8 million at the bottom Uh, next slide please Um, this slide shows the one, one more slide. This shows the proposed expenditures by major category, and I'll go into a little more detail in the next few slides. Um, so for phase one, next slide. Phase one budget is $17.9 million, and expenditures are focused on two categories, $3.3 million for professional and specialized services supporting the project closeout, and 14.5 million that is intended to fund pending construction payments as we close out the remaining 10 trade packages. Next slide. The proposed budget for phase two is 92.2 million and is consistent with the board adopted work plan to complete project development. The proposed budget includes funding to advance coordination with other public agencies, commencement of public right-of-way activities. And as I mentioned, we included 26.8 million that is Uh, yet to be identified. So to adjust for this, the project team is developing a strategy to prioritize right-of-way acquisition and work will only proceed as funding becomes available. Next slide. Our tenant improvement budget is consistent with the board adopted budget, um, overall tenant improvement budget. and, And the next year's budget includes funding for project management, marketing and leasing commissions, um, tenant improvement allowances for these businesses that are about to open to the public, as well as the remaining landlords' work. And then the final budget presenting today is our debt service budget. Uh, next slide, please. One more. Um, and as, as I mentioned in May, uh, in 2020, that the board established a separate debt service budget. And for fiscal year 23, our total debt service expenses are estimated at $28.2 million. This concludes my presentation. I'm happy to answer any
1: questions. Thank you. Oscar, <clears throat> Franklin. thank you very much for all the hard work and the entire budget team. This is a uh, a long process. As you mentioned, it starts in January, then comes here in June. So thank you. And thank you to our member agencies, because uh, uh, it is also a partnership to to put the budget together. So thank you, everyone, for all of your efforts. Directors, any questions of Oscar and Franklin? Chair G.
6: Yes.
12: Thank you so much. Um, And through the chair, uh, thank you so much, Oscar and Franklin. I I noted for the fiscal 23 capital funding sources for phase two, um, there is of course a pretty large reliance on the RM3 funding, which we all hope will be lifted very soon. In the event it is not. Um, I also note that one of the major other sources is the prop K funds, which we're committed to, to work toward allocation um, in the next few months. Um, just, I would be remiss if I didn't, on behalf of, I think vice chair, Mandelman in particular, just remind that we all want to take a partnership approach to that funding, you know, if it does require some additional contributions to get through this fiscal year. Um, I'm very hopeful and expect that we'll be successful in seeking those federal and state funds that, um, you know, uh, Director Vanderwater and, and the team have been pursuing. But I just wanted to note that um, in advance of, uh, of uh, really understanding where the RM3 litigation and status is. Thank, thank you.
1: Thank you, Director Chang. And hopefully your crystal ball on RM three is as good as the rest of ours. It's all fuzzy right now. (laughs)
12: Right, and optimistic though.
1: Yes, Yes. very good. Mm -hmm. Directors, any other questions? Uh, Oscar, I I really appreciate the work on the five-year planning. and, And I know that it is a plan, it's not a commitment, but it's a plan that all of us can work towards uh, and does not represent any commitments by our members to, you know, fund that part. It's just a way to have a conversation going forward. So I appreciate you putting together the five year projections so those conversations can occur. I'm not seeing any other hands raised. So uh, Neela, any public comment on the on the budget item here? are you're,
5: you're
11: muted, Neela.
0: Thank you. Well, can't wait to see you all in person. There's no <laughs> way to meet me normally, but um, I don't see any members of the public that uh, wish to comment on the item. And now that I've uh, given them some extra time by being muted, um, uh, let's just uh, give a, a second to look. Uh, nope, no members of the public wishing to comment on the item.
1: Okay, this is an item for action. If there aren't any other discussion, is there a motion and a second? Like
0: I would to approve. Oh, I'll second. <laughs> Got a, you, a second. first, Director Yes. Right. right. I'll go ahead and call a roll call vote. Director Borden. Aye. Borden, aye. Director Chang. Aye. Chang, aye. For- Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin. Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Shaw. Aye. Shaw, aye. And Chair G. Yes. Chair G, yes, as well. That's six ayes. And item nine, the approval of the FY23 budget is approved. Go ahead and call your next item.
1: Please.
0: All right. Item 10 directors is approving the draft anticipated disadvantaged business enterprise participation level for federal fiscal years 2022-23 through 2024-25. Authorization of the release of the draft ADPL, the um, uh, anticipated draft uh, participation level for a 30-day public review, public comment process, and presentation of uh, draft small business enterprise participation goal. And uh, again, CFO... Uh, Franklin Wong, will introduce Oscar Quintanilla,
10: our uh, Budget and Procurement Director, to present. Thank you, Nila, and good morning again, for members. So this is uh, an action item. Uh, every three years, uh, FTA requires TJPA to provide uh, an anticipated disadvantaged business enterprise uh, uh, participation uh, level for um, for the next three federal fiscal years starting October of this year through September of 2025. So Oscar is going to present um, the draft um, target and ask for the board uh, for its approval and release for 30-day uh, public um, uh, review and comment period. Oscar. Thank you, Franklin Again,
11: directors. It's been a busy month at the finance team. Um, Next slide please. In uh, compliance with federal regulations, the TJBPA implements a disadvantaged business enterprise program. And as part of this program, we must establish a triennial target for TBE participation. Um, and FTA requires this for all new contracts planned to be funded with federal funds uh, in the next three fiscal years. So between October 1st, 2022 and September 30th, 2025 that in this period, TJP anticipates receiving federal funds to advance design and construction of several components of the downtown rail extension project. And I also want to note that the agency implements an agency-wide DBESB program, just regardless of funding source. So we're presenting that as well. Next slide. Um, So the goal-setting methodology is a multi-step process. Uh, We first identified the TJPA's market area, uh, and in this case, Similar to previous years, we define it as the nine-county Bay Area, and then the next step is to identify which work category of work for the contracts anticipated in the next three years. So um, primarily heavy and civil engineering construction subsector as it relates to our downtown rail extension project. Next slide. Our proposed DBA participation level is 17%. This was determined both by comparing the number of registered DBE firms in the Bay Area with the total number of firms in each of the work categories and adjusted uh, based on past participation. Uh, next slide. Following board approval, the draft goal and methodology will be published on the TJPA website and open for a three-day public review and comment period. We will continue outreach efforts and we will bring the final DBE target to the TJPA board uh, on July 14. As well as a summary of all, any public comments we receive in that period. Next slide. And as I mentioned, uh, we, we implement an agency wide DBE-SBE goal. So it's regardless of funding source, uh, and the proposed participation level is 20.5%. And it's, the target is based on the anticipated contracts to be led, regardless of funding source weighted against the availability of SVEs in the nine County Bay Area. So we follow a similar methodology as for the specific specifically. This concludes my presentation. I'm uh, happy to answer any questions.
1: Oscar, thank you very much for your presentation. Directors, questions of the team? Uh, Director El-Tuanse.
0: Thank you, Cherji. It's not so much of a question, but something I wanted to share with, with uh, this board. Uh, CalTrans is putting together its DBE annual summit. It's scheduled to be on June 21st down in Southern California in the Inglewood uh, Stadium. And I just wanted to share that with this board in case you would like to uh, invite your prospective DBEs to participate. Uh, we are trying to grow the pool of DBEs in the department as you all know, we're, we're having a lot of funding coming uh, to the Bay Area through IIGA, and we wanna make sure that the small businesses have their fair share of that as well. So I'm gonna share this information maybe with Ms. Gonzalez, if, if that's okay. And um, and then she can disperse it to the rest of us here. Thank you.
1: Director Altuanzi, thank you very much. I mean, the, the more we all do outreach together, the more hopefully we can expand the pool of participants and and contractors that are db SWB and everyone else participating. So thank you for sharing that information. Uh, other directors, any questions? I'm not seeing any hands raised. The directors feel free to jump in since um, this is quite not in person. So it's, it's a little harder to see. If there aren't any other questions, Neil, is there any public comment?
0: Yeah, it looks like we do have a member of the public uh, wishing to comment on the item.
6: Okay. So, Board of Directors of the Transbay Joint Powers Authority, my name is Francisco Da Costa. And I've been listening very intently to your presentation on agenda number nine and 10. What's important to note, because of the large amount of monies spent on this project, In order for the public to do a needs assessment, we need the empirical data. So we need more clarity on your line items. And we also need outreach, meaningful outreach, where the community that knows a little bit about the infrastructure, horizontal and vertical, and what goes on, and what has been going on before with the Transbay. Joint Powers Authority with all the great mishaps that have gone before. In order to do a sound needs assessment, we need the empirical data. And that empirical data can only be got if we get the line item amounts that uh, the presenter, and I don't know whether the same presenter is involved with nine or 10, But uh, he should have a mechanism where those who are interested in that aspect of this project can contact him or contact a task force so that really the public can better know what really is happening with the Trans-Bay Joint Powers Authority and a lack of accountability and transparency when it comes to goals, short-term goals and long-term goals. Thank you very much.
0: All right, I think that concludes members of the public that wanted to address you under this item. This is an action item,
2: directors.
1: Is there a motion and a second?
2: I make a motion to approve. Second.
1: Thank you, Director Forbes and Director Borden. All
0: right, with roll that, i take a roll call vote. Uh, Director Borden. Aye. Borden, aye. Director Chang. Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Shaw? Director Shaw?
6: Aye.
0: Shaw, aye. And Chair G? Yes. Chair G, yes as well. That's six ayes and item 10 is approved. We'll go ahead and move into your next item. Please. All right. Uh, director's item eleven is the San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program Executive Steering Committee update, and Tilly Cheng, the ESC Vice Chair, will introduce the item, and Jesse Kaler, who will be uh, presenting the item.
12: Hey, good morning, um, everyone, and pleased to be here on behalf of our chair. Uh, Michelle Bouchard, uh, who has another um, a conflict, unfortunately, but I'm happy to report that our May meeting was very productive. Uh, we received a presentation on the DTX work program for the current year, leading to the project's request to enter the engineering phase of FTA's capital investment program next February. Uh, the board did receive this information at an earlier meeting, which outlined the remaining tasks required by FTA uh, during the current project development phase. A LOT OF WORK AHEAD AND uh, THE TEAM is, is, IS MAKING GOOD PROGRESS ON ALL FRONTS. Uh, I DO WANT TO PARTICULARLY RECOGNIZE PROJECT DIRECTOR RODRIGUEZ AND OUR TA uh, MODELING TEAM LED BY JOE Castiglione, FOR A TECHNICAL MILESTONE WHEREBY THE FTA HAS ACCEPTED THE DTX TRAVEL DEMAND MODEL WITH POSITIVE FEEDBACK ON THE QUALITY OF THE SUBMISSION. SO KUDOS TO THE ENTIRE TEAM. Um, ESC also received a presentation and uh, discussed the DTX governance study, which you will be hearing about momentarily from Jesse Kaler. Uh, ESC folks noted the importance of the governance approach to manage the risks in this mega mega project, um, and asked for continued transparency in the development of the study's recommendations. F- uh, for the, uh, as, as far as the rail agency participating agencies and the public and the board. Um, later this month, ESC will receive IPMT's, the integrated project management team's recommendation on the project delivery strategy, which describes the contracting approach to constructing DTX and its various elements um, and assigning project risk. Uh, the board will then review ESC's recommendation in July next month. And so with that, I conclude my report and with permission, uh, Introduce Jesse Kaler.
3: Thank you, Director Chang. Good morning, Chair G and Directors. Jesse Kaler, Rail Program Manager at SFCTA. I'm really pleased to be here this morning to present a progress update on the DTX governance study. And I'm here on behalf of the IPMT and on behalf of my agency and the MTC, as our two agencies are jointly leading this work as prescribed by the Peninsula Rail Program MOU. The material, as Director Chang noted, has been discussed and reviewed last month at both the IPMT and the ESC. Next slide, please. The DTX governance study uh, will develop recommendations to the TJPA board regarding the institutional arrangement for the delivery phase of DTX as the project moves from project development and design into procurement and ultimately construction. At the March meeting of the board, we provided an overview of the key components of the governance study which we have grouped in the three buckets shown on screen, including the institutional arrangement, the project governance model, and the management framework. Next slide, please. Today's presentation provides an update on three components of that framework that we have advanced so far. First is a set of draft goals and objectives for the project's governance approach. Second is a stage gate framework for DTX in order to support aligned decision-making at critical milestone points in the development and delivery of the project. And third is a summary of the study team's assessment of institutional options as DTX moves into delivery. Next slide, please. Turning to the first topic, This slide presents the proposed framework of goals and objectives to guide the governance study's eventual recommendations on the governance approach for the project. This framework includes both overall goals, which are the broad outcomes that the governance model aims to support, as well as specific objectives, which are the ways in which the governance model will play a role in achieving those outcomes. The goals include delivering DTX on schedule, within budget, and with realization of planned benefits, reducing and mitigating potential negative impacts of the project, as well as reflecting the region's broader interest in strengthening collective capabilities to deliver transit mega projects in the Bay Area. With respect to the more detailed objectives, these reflect the following considerations. First, providing for clear and consistent focus on successful delivery of the project. Second, supporting the representation and voice of project partners with a stake in decision-making. Third, striking a balance between the efficiency of decision-making and the need for effective oversight of the project delivery team. Fourth, developing the project delivery team and organization with sufficient capability and capacity. Fifth, aligning decision-making authorities with accountabilities for project outcomes. And finally, providing for transparency for project stakeholders, partners, and the public. Next slide, please. Turning to the second topic, a stage gate approach for large scale projects is a best practice for managing progress through phases of development, construction, and ultimately operations. A stage gate framework can be particularly beneficial in the context of a project with complex funding decisions, large teams, and multiple stakeholders, with the stage gates helping to align decision making and to provide insurance of readiness to advance into successive phases of a project. This slide illustrates the draft stage gate framework for DTX. At each stage, there is a set of necessary inputs or requirements to advance through the gate as shown on the top of the slide. Each stage gate then enables or authorizes the activities of the phase to follow as shown on the bottom of the slide. The final pre-procurement phase for DTX is planned to be underway in early 2023. During this phase, the procurement documents will be prepared for the primary large-scale civil and systems contracts for delivery of of the project. This phase will also entail concurrently the procurement of enabling works, such as utility relocations, as well as the initiation of the right-of-way acquisition program. In order to advance from our current project development phase into this pre-procurement phase, several key activities, most already underway, will come to fruition including the project cost estimate and funding plan, project delivery strategy and procurement model, and the real estate acquisition management plan. Moving into the procurement phase in approximately the fall of 2023, which will entail the RFQ and RFP process for the primary civil and systems packages. Advancement into this phase will be preceded by the submittal of the request to FTA for a full funding grant agreement in August of next year, as well as by the development of required third party and intergovernmental agreements. All of the procurement models under consideration for the primary or large DTX contracts contemplate a pre-construction or development phase in order to enable contractor involvement in the final design of the project. Moving into this pre-construction services phase in 2024 will require the successful identification of preferred proponent teams through the procurement process as well as a positive funding recommendation from the FTA. Thereafter, moving into the construction phase itself in 2025 will require the successful negotiation of the construction phase contracts with proponents, as well as execution of that full funding grant agreement with FTA. Finally, returning, returning momentarily to the left side of this diagram, I will note that with respect to project governance, this framework contemplates an agreement in principle to the delivery phase governance approach as part of stage gate one, consistent with this governance study's timeline, followed by the successful establishment of the first iteration of that governance approach ahead of the second stage gate later in 2023. Next slide, please. Shifting gears to the third of the three topics, the next number of slides summarize the study team's work to date to consider overall institutional options for delivery of DTX. The foundational questions being investigated in the institutional analysis are, which agency should serve as lead agency to procure and construct DTX, and what roles and relationships should the other partner agencies have in supporting this lead agency? This slide describes the assessment criteria being used in this analysis, which are guided by the goals and objectives reviewed earlier in the presentation. This framework of criteria includes both screening criteria and evaluation criteria, With the screening criteria reflecting considerations of timeline and authority, and the evaluation criteria reflecting clarity of purpose, representation and voice, and capability and capacity. Next slide, please. The study team has investigated three broad categories of options for the overall institutional arrangement. The first category reflects options in which TJPA would be lead agency and procuring entity for the project. The second category reflects options under which TJPA would retain the ultimate accountability for delivery, but through agreement would assign responsibility to procure and manage delivery to another agency. Finally, the third category would entail a full transfer of responsibility to another entity. Within the first family, the study team has considered two broad alternatives. Option one, point one, the baseline or conventional approach would reflect the current Peninsula Rail Program MOU sunsetting and TJPA developing agreements with partner agencies to support delivery. Oversight would be provided by the TJPA board and management, as well as through funding agency oversight protocols. Option 1.1 is analogous to the approach that was in place to deliver phase one of the Transbay Program. Option 1.2, referred to as integrated management, can be thought of as an evolution of the collaborative multi-agency structure currently in place through the Peninsula Rail MOU with further developments as needed to meet the needs for procurement and construction, including to support management level oversight of project delivery. There are multiple potential sub-options of 1.2, and this approach would be codified through some combination of multilateral and or bilateral agreements among the agencies. Within the second category, option 2.1 would see delivery responsibility assigned to a TJPA member agency, for example, Caltrain or the city and county. Option 2.2 would reflect assignment to a non-TJPA agency, for example, BART. Option 2.3 would delegate delivery responsibility to a special purpose entity specifically created to deliver DTX. Option 2.3 is an approach used elsewhere in North America where there is a need to insulate project delivery responsibilities or finances from other roles of the project sponsor. Finally, Option 3.1 contemplates the transfer of DTX accountability to a regional agency with the important note that such an agency for project delivery is not presently in existence. Next slide, please. This slide summarizes the assessment of these six options. The baseline alternative would require, as with all options, the development and capacity of the involved agencies, including TJPA and the partner agencies in order to execute on delivery. Option 1.2 would provide for more integrated collaboration among the DTX partner agencies. The study's optioneering work now underway is more fully defining the approaches for options 1.1 and 1.2 in order to consider the approaches to develop capability and capacity within this family of alternatives. Options 2.1 and 2.2 are not being recommended for further study. There is not presently an agency within or outside TJPA that is well positioned to deliver the project on its planned timeline and assignment to a non-TJPA agency in particular could introduce the risk of misalignment between that agency's core mandate and the needed focus to deliver DTX. Option 2.3 is not anticipated to be applicable to DTX in the current environment, in part because TJPA is, in many respects, already a special purpose entity, reflecting its mandate for the Transbay program. That said, the underlying objectives within 2.3 to provide focus and clarity to the project delivery team could offer some lessons for the development of the more detailed governance model within other alternatives. Finally, Option 3.1 has also been identified as screened out from further consideration, given that a regional project delivery agency, as I mentioned, does not currently exist. Next slide, please. With the guidance of the ESC and the board, the study team is turning to the more detailed work to develop the governance approach and management framework for the the, the remaining alternatives. This slide illustrates the two key types of ingredients for developing this governance approach. First, at the top of the slide is a set of governance functions and processes that will be required to direct and oversee DTX delivery. This includes considerations such as change control, oversight, assurance, and other functions. Second is a set of organizational building blocks that collectively implement these functions and which would reflect specific entities, working groups, committees, and key individuals. Finally, as shown on the right, This study's recommendations will inform preparation of agreements among and between agencies, the development of the required project management plan package for FTA, and more detailed organizational plans for the project delivery team. Next slide, please. The study team is continuing to develop the components of the study with the ongoing input and participation of all the DTX partner agencies. As we advance into the summer, the study will develop its draft recommendations In order to bring these recommendations back to the ESC and the board later this year. That concludes my presentation and we look forward to your guidance and any questions. Thank you.
1: Jesse, thank you for your presentation. Um, Directors, questions on the update?
2: (laughs) I have some questions, Chair G, and some comments. Please, Director Uh, Forbes. Thank you. First, I thought that was a very thoughtful presentation and it covered so many things about the um, the structure and the thinking around delivering this project. I guess my biggest takeaway is I'd like to know more from Director Vandewater, not today, but in the future about what kind of scaling and capacity uh, changes would we need to see in the agency in order to be the agency that is responsible for delivery. As we saw in the slides, that may be the cleanest approach because of capacity and core function and purpose. And so I'm very curious in that question for you. Um on the de-risking project goal in, in the early slides, um, I did want to point out, and it may already be un- cons- under consideration, is the partnering model and considering that as part of the um of the de-risking strategy. Um, And also there was responsibility and oversight for decision-making, which I thought was excellent, but also we need to focus on delegating authority to the lowest level possible um, as another de-risking strategy for decision-making. And then finally, I'm sorry, I'm piling on comments. It was such a fantastic presentation on the um we just did the D- D- dbe approval and i mentioned this earlier uh, for our dei strategy i really think we want to be best uh, best uh positioned and the dei concepts are changing and growing um so i want to ensure that there's a strategy here for opportunities for local small businesses belong uh, beyond lbe and dbe um AND ALSO CONSIDERATION OF BIPOC-OWNED BUSINESSES, um, WORKFORCE, ET CETERA. Uh, SO I THINK THAT uh, the DEI PROGRAM uh, WILL BE A VERY IMPORTANT COMPONENT IN TERMS OF VALUES THAT THIS PROJECT DELIVERS TO COMMUNITY. AND I THINK THAT CONCLUDES MY COMMENTS. THANK YOU.
1: ALL all GREAT COMMENTS, DIRECTOR FORBES. I MEAN, THIS IS A VERY COMPLEX PROCESS THAT THE COMMITTEES ARE GOING THROUGH, ESC, IPMT, AND um, very critical, not just only for TJPA, but for other mega projects in the region um, with all the different big talks about big money and transportation and big projects. <clears throat> there's, there's a challenge on how do we deliver everything on budget and on schedule. So it's very, very important. Thank you for your comments. Directors, any other thoughts and comments you'd like to share?
5: Chair G, if if I may respond in part to that question and we can follow up with more detail. One Mm -hmm. way that uh, the board can really help uh, the TJPA team is by amplifying our application for a project controls manager, which is available on our website and we put out to professional organizations. This is a pretty critical position that spans across uh, engineering program, project delivery and finance to make sure we are tracking uh, independently our cost and schedule. And we are about to be uh, developing and bringing to you a 20-year financial plan and a cost estimation uh, process. Uh, So that'll be a critical position. And of course, as we look to staff up uh, into pre-construction, we will do that accordingly with uh, funding. So we thank the board for their previous approval of the contracts for right-of-way and surveying and other uh, securing the alignment uh, work that is forthcoming, as uh, uh, Kaylor mentioned earlier in the presentation. Um, but we uh, are having many discussions internally about which positions are most appropriately held within the TJPA uh, and which will retain as subject matter area consultant um, specific uh, so that we have the right staffing and the right flexibility to meet the needs on a, a funding contingent basis.
1: <clears throat> Thank you, Adam. Jean? Mm-hmm. Please, Tilly. Thank yes, you. Director. If, Jenny, if I please. may,
12: I just really appreciate Director Forbes's very thoughtful feedback and comments and insights. You know, yourself, you know, Director Forbes is responsible for uh, managing a mega project in the seawall, um, and so and high speed rail and all of our partners, Caltrans, of course, all having vast experience. So I would just note that I believe that the delivery um, um, sort of strategy is to. In one way or the other continue to rely on all our partners and I don't want to speak for uh, Director Vanderwater at all but you know one of the things that I was looking at when we had the budget item was what is the capacity for the agency not just in this coming fiscal year which was the item we just had but in the next few years so I really did appreciate as well Chair G um, Franklin Wong's sort of look ahead you know and, and Director Vanderwater and I want to make sure that even if we don't have all the funding we want we can still keep making progress and that we can still keep relying on the capacity of our partner agencies in this in this integrated team to also be budgeting for that commensurately or appropriately um and so having that definition of roles and responsibilities um you know we have that now with this mou and the work program and we'll be continuing to evolve that uh, into the fall with funding um i believe anticipated as we we saw in the budget with prop k and maybe even another city financing so i I feel like this is um really important so that we can provide the adam and the team some direction on how do and the whole team on direction and how do we continue to budget for plan for and execute on um, our vast work program Um, and finally i do want to just thank um, Alex Sweet, who is our city and county executive steering committee team member, she's bringing on more folks uh, to supplement the IPMT um, capacity at the integrated team level, including from SFMTA and public works. Um, because now is the year that we're preparing, I think, for some potentially pre-construction right-of-way utilities and all that good stuff that we've been applying for funding for. So, Director Forbes, you're very familiar and experienced with this as well. And we'll, we'll wanna also bring in um, Director Tumlin or uh, Borden's teams, I think ever more so as we move ahead. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Director Chang. You, you sort of walked into one of my questions, which is, is that we have to have a plan, but there's a tension between funding plan and actually getting work done. Um, because without the money the plan is sort of what we'd like to do but we can't do anything in the field so how's how's this being addressed in the governance process model study that tension between funding and maybe reality is they can be two different things is the model flexible enough to say you know if the money doesn't show up we can kind of do something to keep it moving, but we just don't implement the full plan. Is that the tension?
5: Yeah. Uh, to the chair, through the, uh, to the board, the, uh, funding plan as you've met, uh, heard is contingent upon funding. The first step is the pre-construction and the right of way. Um, we, Hope to come back to you with some positive news over the next several months from our state applications to cap and trade as well as our federal application to MEGA which would allow that work to commence Um, and then we were preparing for the submission of the full funding grant agreement to the FDA next year and the start of the very large contracts with General Civil starting in 2025. Um, so we have a little period to ramp up um, and we are working our way currently through IPMT and ESC on the project delivery method um, for that general civil as well as for the station fit out systems track work and other elements of the heavy construction that is forthcoming Um, the budget you approved earlier in today's agenda as has been mentioned is for the fiscal year Um, we are planning through the next several fiscal years And then the benefit of utilizing uh, some of our consultant contracts is we can um, size them accordingly um, and very uh, flexibly that are, as funding is dependent. As some of those funding sources come into clearer picture, um, we can uh, make more long-term decisions in terms of TJPA staffing to be prepared with the right personnel.
1: Very good. Thank you, Adam. Directors, if I may, I have a few clarifying questions or questions for the, the team. So, um, Director Chang and, and Jesse. In the presentation, you know, for me, there are a couple words that were kind of used interchangeably responsibility and accountability. What is, how do, how are you using those terms? Um, you know, accountability means something to me different than responsibility. So c- can you speak to that a little bit?
3: Sure. Thanks for the question, Chair G. I see them as generally as a Venn diagram. So sometimes, uh, sometimes someone who is accountable can also be responsible. I the, the colloquialism I like to use for accountable is the pardon, uh, pardoness is sort of the throat that gets choked when something goes wrong. And depending on the scale of accountability, that that can sit with a board or it can sit with an executive team member or a or a men, m- member of the team. And there, then the responsibility is who's really doing the work. And so accountability is really about. Where the, where the authority is ultimately vested and who ultimately has to answer for the outcome of a decision or a task and then responsibility with who would be executing on it. So sometimes they overlap, sometimes they're distinct.
1: Jesse, thank you for that colloquialism because I always characterize some of the work I do as one throat to choke. So my clients just can come <laughs> to one place. Um, <clears throat> so is the model contemplating transferring accountability in some cases?
3: To that point, uh, Chair G, generally the approaches that we are at an overall institutional arrangement level are not transferring accountability for project delivery that would still, or for the project, it would stay with the TJPA. And then okay. to your point and Director Forbes' point, uh, the, finding the right balance of delegating authorities and responsibilities uh, to the appropriate level to be efficient while also providing for oversight and key decisions at various levels is, is part of the work ahead to really flesh out those options.
1: Very good. Thank Thanks. you for that.
12: May I add one nuance to that, and really appreciate Chair your insider guidance. Maybe not today, but in the future, with Director um, Bouchard and 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 other um, and high speed rail operating partners, to the extent that a part of the scope of this project might um, stay within the public, you know, uh, side rather than the public side for purposes of uh, the design and and certain decisions in that phase. Uh, as opposed to the progressive design bill, CMGC is one of the methods contemplated, right, in the project delivery study. I think that goes with certain uh, rights, right, and, and as well then responsibilities. So that's a really interesting question as to ultimately, you know, if there's more public sector control and within the public sector, there's a differentiation between TJPA and, say, Caltrain, um, then that would, I think, be something to continue to talk about and, and reflect in the, particularly the agreement that's being developed right now between TJPA and Caltrain, um, as far as those types of rights and responsibilities.
1: Uh, no, Director Chang, that's a good point. I mean, it, it as you shared your comments, or reminded me of the facilities update earlier in the meeting. <clears throat> I think Caltrain would want to maintain responsibility and accountability of its control system for the rail but they may not want to be accountable for waterproofing of the tunnel.
6: Mm. Yeah. okay. And
1: so right. how we compartmentalize right. accountability and responsibility will get more granular as you move forward.
12: Indeed.
1: <clears throat> you know, and then it's a funny dynamic when we talk about timely and timely decision-making because the public sector has a different definition of that some days. What does that mean to the group? <laughs> when it says timely decision-making and how long does each stage gate is contemplated right now? Is that weeks, months, or years? <laughs> I hope not years.
12: Through the chair, uh, well again through chair, um, I think I'll let Jesse talk about the timeline for the stage gate but as far as timely decision-making uh, because chair, vice chair uh, Mandelman in his capacity as our chair, the TA has asked for a project delivery study um, uh, for, for San Francisco I think we often mean you know when when there's needs to decide on um, scope changes or change orders or there's a claim that may arise from a contractor um, that that is something that we should try and be you know timely about so things that have sometimes you know uh, created more cost and delay and even more conflict is when we're not able to either take the initiative and be proactive or to be responsive timely. So that's one aspect of it. I'm sure, you know, um, Project Director Rodriguez will have so much more experience in this area and might have other um, or Jesse other thoughts on that timeliness question.
5: Sure, G, I was going to offer the we've been great beneficiaries of the uh, coordination through the Rail Peninsula MOU. Uh, Of course, that comes with a timeline in and of itself as we work our way through the IPNT, the ESC, and to you as the board. Um, and we're going to need to increase our uh, flexibility and nimbleness as we get into that construction. So the challenge before us is how do we uh, leverage our collective expertise um, to assign accountability and responsibility accordingly, um, but do it in such a way that we're taking advantage of the need to be timely um, as we get into pre-construction and eventually uh, general civil. So I don't know, uh, Project Director Alfonso Rodriguez, if you want to add anything to that.
1: No, I I I agree that I mean, it's a great question about what is timely, but you know, the, the whole purpose of examining that part of the question in the governance study is to look at those uh, stakeholder agencies that have a role in helping resolve issues, depending on what that situation is. And and the constructs um, and these MOUs that we're working through go a long way in identifying what respective roles and responsibilities are so that we can make those timely decisions not only make the timely decisions but to act and implement timely I mean it's a whole stream of events right that get us to action so I am encouraged that in the governance study there's an acknowledgement that timely decision making is paramount um, to de-risk this project and we're looking at that now. Very good I, I would just encourage you to define what that means a little bit or put some parameters around it uh, when I've done work in higher education, I've been in the situation where I need a decision and I've been told go schedule a faculty meeting during the summer. And that doesn't really work very well an academia and higher education. <clears throat> so just put some parameters around it as you continue your study. My, my My last question to the group is, you know, with the governance models that were shared, and if I recall the project delivery model presentation, one of the potential project delivery methods is a public private partnership. And so, would these governance models be flexible enough to deal with a private entity coming forward to take on that risk and financing and delivering um, DTX?
3: Sure, G, I could, I could take a first stab at this and just say that all of the, all, all of the uh, models under consideration of the project delivery study, including the, the P3, reflect a collaborative and integrated approach with a pre-construction services phase. So we've been really mindful of that need in developing the governance approach. Now, in the reports that you will see in upcoming months, that there'll, be a, there'll be a winnowing down of the project delivery uh, approaches. Uh, that will help then uh, more closely develop the the governance recommendations consistent with the board's uh, action uh, anticipated next month on that project delivery strategy.
1: I appreciate that, Jesse. I just would be mindful that, you know, we don't export our bureaucracy to the private sector if they're going to take on that risk because that just increases their costs and may add a disproportionate amount of risk that they don't want to take on. So just something to think about. Thank you, directors, for letting me ask my questions. Any other questions from directors? Neil, I do believe we have at least a public comment.
0: That's
4: right. We have at least
5: one. Okay, if not two, please. I see director sure. Lakin potentially
4: with a oh. question. Oh. Before oh. we let the public. Sure. I'll, I'll be quick and just building on a little bit of what, Chair you were talking about, I would just add for maybe this board's consideration, you know, one of the key questions that seems like as, as the study evolves uh, and continues is going to be this question of sort of if, if TJPA is the entity ultimately running the project, what is the role of all the other agencies, you know, including ours and, and, and others, of course, in uh, different parts of making decisions or different committees that might exist uh, as, as part of that process. And I think we've seen, you know, various models of this across different projects that's certainly I've been involved with, I'm sure others as well. Uh, and some of them are, frankly, more successful than others. Um, and I think all of that comes, you know, down to in some ways, ultimately the delegation from this board to other entities to be involved in different parts of the, of the program and finding the place where those are value add and ultimately make the project stronger. And I think we've found, you know, try to find that balance within the MOU framework as well that we have with the ESC and IPMT. But as that evolves into next phases of development, you know, those are just, I would just highlight that those are key questions to keep thinking about and ultimately we, that this board will have to make decisions on about where does everybody else uh plug in and how does that all work together to advance the project so not not a not something for right now but just uh, key questions as the uh, process continues thank you
1: director lipkin for sharing your thoughts and comments and Adam, thanks for the assist there i <laughs> appreciate it any other directors before we open up for public comment All right, Neela, I think we're
0: ready.
1: All right. We'll
9: go ahead and let the first caller in. Hello again, Directors Roland Rebriens-San-Lose. Sandlose. First of all, a huge thank you to SSGovTV TV for resolving the closed captioning issues halfway through uh, Jesse's presentation. Um, I would like to echo the comment Ameta, the CAC that options 2.1, 2.2, and 3.1 were eliminated by the the IPMT before either the ESC or members of the public had an opportunity to chime in. I find that concerning. Now, uh, with regards to uh, option 2.2 and the comment that an agency outside the TJP is unlikely to have a core mandate to deliver the project, um, I also find that concerning When you consider that muni capital projects delivered both the Embarcadero and the central subway tunnels on time and on budget. Yes, they did. Um, But the last um, comment I'd like to make is with regards to Option 3.1. And I would put it to you that the regional mega project delivery authority would highlight issues such as the length of the transit center platform tunnel, uh, uh, transit center platform being half of the length of the Dearborn platform as an issue. A regional delivery authority would also be highlighting the fact that the interface between the transit center and Link 21, including the seawall, by the way, has been completely ignored by the project so far. And my recommendation moving forward would probably, would probably be to go with option 3.1 to address all these issues. Thank you.
0: All right, caller. Thank you. Next caller.
6: The project going with timelines. Did we
0: lose the caller moderator? or
7: was the caller done? It looks like the caller dropped off.
0: We'll see if the uh, caller attempts to call back in, Chair G, other than that, that would be the last uh, member of the public wanting to comment on the item.
1: All right, well, um, I'm sorry the last caller dropped off, um, but that does, I believe, conclude our business for the day. So directors, thank you for your time on Thursday. I understand it's supposed to be warm outside and even warmer tomorrow. So I hope you find some time to enjoy the weather. Be safe, be well, and we'll see you at our next meeting. Meeting adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Take Thank care.
12: Thank you, G. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.